You're listening to the Business with Purpose podcast with your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com. This podcast takes you behind the scenes with some of the world's most generous entrepreneurs, from the CEOs of mission-driven brands to directors of small community nonprofits and everything in between. Molly is sitting down with men and women who believe in changing the world not only through their personal lives, but also their professional careers. And now, here's Molly. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Business with Purpose podcast. I am so excited to introduce my guest today, Katie Crocom, who is the founder of Flourishing Co. Katie is a life coach, but she is so much more than that. She really inspires so many people by sharing her story um, and sharing a time when things were just really dark and how God brought her out of that and brought her to where she is today. She's so sweet. She's so encouraging. She's just one of the smartest people I've ever talked to. And I know that you're going to be encouraged by her story today. So enjoy my conversation with Katie. Hey, Katie, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Molly. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited that things have finally aligned for, <laughs> for, for those listening at home. Katie and I have, I mean, between the holidays and then an ice storm, like all the things <laughs> have been preventing us. Oh, and then internet. <laughs> us to get together and and talk but it's finally happening and I am pumped and that and you know usually like when things happen that I have found that like when when things kind of get in the way of you know whatever I'm trying to do and then it finally happens it just means it was it was like meant to be at this particular time and it's just that much better totally agree totally agree <laughs> so Katie, you are the founder of Flourishing Co. You are a life coach. You do so much more. Um, but before we get into all of that, um, I have all of my guests give me the 101. So give us the Katie 101. Tell us your story. Tell us um, a little bit about yourself, where you're from, you know, where, where'd you grow up, what'd you study, but, you know, and just kind of the, the life journey that you've been on that has led you to where you are today. <laughs> well, um, it is a bit lengthy at times, but I'm an open book, so you ask anything, but I'll try and um, keep it, you know, somewhat more <laughs> of a synopsis. Um, I was just thinking it's fun that today is when Carrie Grace's episode aired because I found out about you through her first Creative Tribe workshop. So oh, that's, that's awesome. how I initially connected uh, with you. Oh, that's awesome. Um, well, Carrie yeah. is fantastic. She's a dear friend. And I just, I can't say enough good things about Carrie. Oh, well, I have enjoyed getting to know her. I think I'm going to get to meet her in person uh, in a month or so when she comes to Atlanta. But oh, fun. Anyways, uh, <laughs> about me. So where am I from? Honestly, all over. My dad uh, was in the military, went to West Point, and then was in the military for a while, and then just corporate America after that. And so I counted when you told me that was one of the questions. Um, I was like, gosh, I think by 21, I've lived in seven different states and nine different cities. Oh my so, goodness. yeah, I've kind of just grown up with a bit of a transient mindset or just being um, open to change and just life kind of coming at you and being a easy or able to adapt, I guess, easily is what I should say. Yeah. Um, but moved up and down the East Coast um, and then a little jaunt in Ohio. And um, that was shortly after I had gone to college for a year in Pennsylvania. I went to Messiah for a year there. 
and then for a lot of reasons, but decided to transfer to a school in Ohio. Um, I kind of wanted a, a bigger school and to get involved with like Campus Crusade and stuff. Um, Where'd you go to school in Ohio? Miami of Ohio. Okay. Yeah. I, um, my dad is from Ohio. So oh, okay. I, yeah. So I was born and raised a diehard Cleveland fan. Um, okay. Yeah. So, but my dad went to Bowling Green, and so I have a lot of family in Ohio. And so, even people, people are always like, "Wait, why are you a Cleveland fan?" I'm like, "Because I, <laughs> I like to be miserable when I watch sports." Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, I literally was just brainwashed as a child. But, but everybody's always confused because they're like, "Wait, you're not from Ohio?" And I'm like, "Look, my dad is. It's a whole situation." Anyway, so <laughs> that's why I was curious. <laughs> well, and it's totally not like some beautiful state that you want to go hang out in, right? I mean, everybody's somebody like, might say, "Oh, I cheer for like." some, I don't know, some team in Chicago because Chicago's fun to go visit. Ohio. Mm. It's like that episode yeah. of 30 Rock when um when Tina Fey, when, or when she's like, she goes to on vacation to Ohio or to Cleveland and she's like, we're going to Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Um, no, you're great. So I ended up declaring family studies as my major at, um, Miami. And then, um, honestly, I had kind of been struggling with some depression and a couple other things going on. And when 9-11 happened, right when I transferred, it was that year. And um, I hadn't really thought about it. But recently, my mom was like, I really think that had an impact on you. And I was like, Mom, you're amazing. Like, I don't know why I didn't think of that. But anyways, long story short, the depression hit strong. um, And I ended up just deciding the best choice was to withdraw. So I withdrew, moved home. And fast forward a little bit, like maybe six months or so, um, I got just sorted through some things, got on some medicine and got that regulated and decided um, I wanted to go to cosmetology school. I've always just had a heart for women. I um, am a creative. I have a hard time in the classroom at times. I love to learn, but in a very structured way is is hard for me. So did cosmetology school, uh, finished up with that, moved to Atlanta, was ready to get out of Ohio, knew I didn't want to settle down there, thought, all right, this is my chance. And so I moved to Atlanta and did hair here for a while and met my husband, who's the daughter of my girls. And I'll kind of fast forward through that. But he had a company when I met him, a design build company, and it just kind of ended up working where I started working a lot with the women um, whose homes that we renovated and helping them with design. And that was just kind of a natural thing for me, Um, I guess, just the creative bent. And um, again, like I said, loving women and just hearing stories and making a house a home. And meanwhile, um, I started having children and so just could connect with them on wanting to make their homes um, a place where it was just a haven for them and all. So worked with him for a while and um, just some things started happening in our marriage and we really became disconnected and I got very involved with work and he got very involved in some other things and it just came to a point where it wasn't a healthy marriage anymore and it wasn't a healthy situation for myself or for our girls. And so fast forward, I am now divorced and we've been divorced for several years now. And about a year, almost a year and a half ago, I met my husband, Matt, and he is a dream. And it's been so, so fun to um, live life with him and watch him um, just step parent our daughters and all. And he is um, just a huge 
cheerleader for me and has really given me space and encouraged me to chase after some dreams that I had been pushing down for years. As much as I love the design build um, and, and women and working with them, there were a lot of other things that I was passionate about that I wasn't um, getting to kind of embark in. So um, I, through some of my own counseling and coaching, I hired a coach. I, um, I don't know, just did a lot of reading and research and all and decided that God was really calling me to become trained as a life coach. Um, so I'm, I can answer anything. I know that was a really long. <laughs> no, no, that's great. I want to back up a little bit. So, you know, okay. you were, you were going through cosmetology school when you got married the first time. And, um, and you know, I've, you and I, we've emailed some and I've, you know, been following you online and, um, you know, read your, your story on your, um, on your newly launched site, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but you know, you, you talked about how a lot of what you're doing now has really come out of some very dark and tough times. Um, and I know a lot of times, I mean, that's part of my story. I think a lot for a lot of people, um, Mm. sort of the, you know, um, the joy comes in the morning (laughs) and, and, and we go through, we go through some things that maybe put us um, where we didn't think we would be. Um, can mm. you talk a little bit about that and talk about some of those dark times that you went through, if, if you don't mind sharing? No, I don't mind sharing at all. I think um, one of the things that I keep coming back to is how much we, I really believe as a society, women in general, are becoming like, like we're told that we're supposed to be this thing and who's telling us, I don't know, society, what we think, what we're taking in. Um, and so I was kind of aligning who I was with what I felt like I needed to be, if that makes sense. Like you are to become, you know, somebody kind of successful and have your life put together and have this beautiful home and two perfectly bathed children or three or what, you know, whatever. And they're supposed to have their big hair bows and everything's supposed to be perfect. And, um, I just, gosh, I got on that hamster wheel, that rat race, whatever you want to refer to it as for a long time. And there are other things happening just in terms of my last relationship and just, uh, again, just disconnecting. But in addition to that, I was losing who I was in that relationship. And um, I think really trying to find a lot of fulfillment in work. And it, I mean, just, uh, (laughs) I got brought to my knees right around the time my second child was about six months old. Um, initially, that was my breaking point initially, where I thought I was almost on the verge of hitting a deep depression again. And um, it was probably some postpartum, but also just this feeling of like, is this really what I signed up for? Like, I don't know that this is like, all that I thought life was cracked up to be, if you will. Um, And I I brought that to the surface some, and it it took a few years to kind of sort through a lot of things and um, really just having everything for me personally stripped away. I mean, I was um, on my knees and I was living at my parents' house for a while with the girls and just being broken and realizing like 
no, Katie, like stop chasing after all of that. Just be you. Like you are okay. You are enough just as you are. And I mean, I still, you know, have to remind myself of that and um, pray about that. But I have a newfound confidence in just being like, okay, you just as you are, you're okay. Like there's nobody that you need to be performing for or seeking approval from. And that's been this beautiful journey. Like, I mean, I could go on about how God has just been blessing me. And and in turn, I think just, I feel like for women in general, that's just a message that we're all like craving. And so just being able to um, have conversations around that with with women now has been really powerful. How old were you during this time? I got married the first time at 22 and um, had Bella at 20. Gosh, I'm not a mathematician. Me neither. So I had her like around 26. Yeah. And then um, Ava at 28. So right around early, very early 30s is when I went through. Yeah. Divorce. The reason I ask is because it's. It's so interesting as I think back because I'm I'm 31 now and everybody kept telling me before I turned 30, everybody's like, oh, the 30s are the best. <laughs> and I was like, you know, because I don't know why, but there's just sort of this and maybe it's just because when I was a kid, you know, you hear 30 and you're like, oh, 30, so old. <laughs> like, But I don't feel old. Like I don't. And and I I think now like married with two kids and I don't know I could say a lot about this but I think <laughs> I'm at a place now where I'm I'm starting to realize that your 30s at least from the you know I'm taking this information from the small survey like small small selection of people I know in their sure. 30s are just like this is the decade where you really start to realize that like you don't to not care about what other people think as much sure. as Totally as, agree. As you do in your twenties, and it's it's not like a, a a light switch happens. Like you turn your thirtieth birthday, all of a sudden you're like, I don't care. Like you, it's <laughs> not like you just suddenly like stand up and you know you're just you know you're like uh, Judy Garland in that movie where she's like, I don't care. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> there's gonna be like three people listening to this that understand that reference. <laughs> um, but it's it's true, I, and. It, I was thinking about it just the other day, like I, I was doing a closet clean out and Uh I was, I used to be so I'm now don't, I'm, I'm don't like mistake me. I'm not doing the like KonMari method or anything like that. Like, uh, but I was doing a pretty big purge and I was just like, look, if it doesn't fit, I'm not, I'm getting rid of it. If I haven't worn it in six months or a year, I'm getting rid of it. Like, I don't care if it's sentimental or not. Like, I'm just going to say thank you and goodbye. And somebody was like, well, how can you get rid of all these things? And I'm just like, because I'm now at the age where I'm like, I don't need things in my life that stress me mm-hmm. out. So like if I yes. have something in my closet that I really love, but it doesn't fit me right, like it's just going to stress me out because it's going to remind me that I've had two kids and I'm not <laughs> as tiny as I used to be. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like there's just a time in my life where I would have cared a lot more. And now I'm like, I don't care. I birthed two children and I'm going to do it. Like, it's not that I'm trying to be unhealthy. Like, I well, just sure. know, like, I'm, I am not going to look the way I did prior to having two children. Like, and just own that. Yes. Being able to just own that in a, in a new way. Yeah. I feel like in your thirties. Is... Yeah. And it's a very roundabout way of saying that just like, 
like you were saying that you realized that you 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 were going you were in this marriage where you were you weren't happy and you felt like you know am I living up to the life I'm supposed to be living and like I think now is the time that I'm realizing that like there is no life that we're supposed to be living. There's life <laughs> what that social media tells us we should be living or society quote unquote tells us what we should be living and magazines and media and all that, you know, I feel like such a, you know, get off my lawn type old lady saying this, but like <laughs> but <laughs> but it's true like there all these things keep coming at us telling us what life we quote unquote should be living when at the in reality there there's no answer for that there's no life that god made us all so so different and he weaved us together in such a unique way that there's no way that we should all be living the same type of life and i think it's this is the decade that i've started to really really grasp that so that's why i was asking how old you were because it does say a lot like when i when i talk to other people who kind of go through not necessarily a divorce but you know kind of that maybe a little bit later of a quarter life crisis or mm-hmm. you know or you know, after you start to have a couple kids and and you start to worry you know you know am i you know what's my identity am i just a mom am i just a wife like i you know i don't know yes Oh, I, <laughs> you are speaking my language all the way around, but <laughs> I totally, whew, totally agree. And just having that mindset, I, I think that's been a huge part for me is a, is a shift in mindset from, it, it's not about keeping up with the Joneses. It's yes. not about what's she doing? What is he doing? It's okay. What am I, what's the best you know, way for me personally to steward my unique gifts and why am I trying to do it the way everybody else is doing it? And why are they trying to do it the way everybody else, like else is doing it? I mean, you, I could just preach about this for a while just because I'm, I'm fire, or passionate about it. Yeah. But um, I, it's such a beautiful thing to see people be able to stay in their own lane and just be excited about that and the fulfillment that comes from that and saying, okay, this is my lane and this is my, these are my giftings and just owning that. Yeah. You know, I, um, so this episode, I mean, we're recording obviously today, but you know, it's always one of those like meta things where you're like, we're recording, but this airs in the future. Well, the day that this episode airs, I'm going to be in Kenya and I've been, everybody kind of is like, you know, I mean, obviously people are excited for me, but then you have people being like, are you crazy? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you have two young kids and how are you going to go and how are you going to do this? And I'm like, I I don't know. Like, I don't know. And I spent a lot of time agonizing over the decision on whether or not to go. And there was like the head and the heart and the head was telling me like, you're nuts. Don't go. But God was speaking to my heart in a way that I truly don't feel like I have experienced in a very long time where Mm. I was just like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like there is no question other than, you know, could I be a little crazy? Maybe, but like sometimes God doesn't work in a way that, that makes, well, sometimes God doesn't work in a way that makes sense (laughs) for us a lot of times. Um, And somebody shared with me this uh, the other day, you know, thinking about um, when uh, when they were marching in the Old Testament, they were wa- marching around uh, Jericho, and mm-hmm. God was telling them they had to march around seven times and then blow trumpets and yell, and God would bring the wall down. Like, 
if you think about it, like at the time, they were probably like, really, God? Like, really? This is what you want us to do? Like, you want us to just walk around a wall seven times and then blow some trumpets? And like, this doesn't make any sense. How about we just like, they probably had their own idea. Sure. And sure. and they're probably fighting back with God going, I don't know. This is this is a little this doesn't really make sense. And God's like, just listen to me. I have a better idea. And and that's the way he worked. And that's the way he works. And but sometimes that's hard for us. That's hard for us to grasp. Oh, absolutely. I think um, I was actually coaching a client on this the other day, but what, you're making me think of that conversation and just. I like the shift, though, to what story or involving our children in our story and to remind. I'm so sorry. I know Amos. Lily. Lily. Right. Is your oldest? Yeah. Just the beauty of I mean, I know she's still so young, but she she's old enough. I would venture to say you would agree with me to know that mommy is like you can share with her that mommy is going for a purpose. Right. And what does that do to her little heart? And what seeds does that plant for her to have freedom in the future to chase her dreams? And I just, I think that's such a beautiful thing. And it's really interesting to me to see with clients, like how their relationships with their mothers have impacted what choices they have and haven't made. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that resonates with you at all. It absolutely does. Um, I just think. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's funny you say that because I've thought a lot about that. Like my, I mean, my mom died when I was in high school, but Um, she very much instilled in me, like I grew up, she was an advocate. Like she was, she was a, a writer. She was a speaker. She was a, um, she spoke and fought for the rights of women veterans. And like, she was just really, I mean, she was just always putting herself out there and, and working on behalf of, um, in a lot of ways she, I mean, she cared for the least of these in so many ways. Um, and she was truly the epitome of like, she did not care what other people thought or what other people <laughs> said. Like she was like, well, you can think what you want, but I'm going to do what I know is right. And I totally relate to that and, and have, you know, taken that away um, and tried to implement it in my own life and, and parent my kids that way in, in the ways that she, she taught me, but um, her legacy. Yeah. But so like you were saying, you know, when you were going through this time and you were going through the divorce, you know, what were sort of what were some of the thoughts and emotions that you were because I know that it was a dark and 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 kind of and scary time with two little ones and what was ultimately what helped you make the decision that you were like, you know what? Getting out of this marriage is going to actually be what's best for me and my kids. Um Obviously, I want to respect other parties, so there's no, all, totally you know understand. things, but I'm, I, totally I have no understand. problem answering that. Except, so my counselor had really helped me um, think through a few different things uh, with this situation. But I think for me, the the breaking point of recognizing that it was what I needed to do was that there were issues that were not willing to be addressed on the other end, and yeah. how long would I be okay? dealing with that and what energy would that take away from me being the best uh, version of Katie and then the best mom for my girls. And I also had um, just one of 
God's sweet ways of loving on me. And I never put this together. I will. I never thought about it until years later, but my sweet parents, my mom has had like four of her dearest friends all throughout my childhood and now into my adulthood are divorced. And a few of them have never gotten remarried. And, you know, I, I just never thought anything of it really. My dad is so kind to each of them and they both love on them so well. And just God, because I've been able to talk to them. And so one of them I was talking with, and I vividly remember where I was sitting and I was like, okay, am I going through with this or am I not? And she was like, Katie, if you are staying in this marriage because you think that's what's best for the girls, then you need to leave because it is not best for the girls for you to stay in a marriage because of the girls like that. It really is the opposite. And, um, that that's no reason to stay in a marriage because you're, I mean, I, I know you know this, but just thinking about kids need to see a healthy marriage and that's the, the stability for them and all. And so, uh, us staying together was not going to provide that. And I can tell you now, I mean, the girls are thriving in the most amazing, beautiful way. And, yeah. um, it's a, just a redemption story, but they are more secure because their mom is more secure no, and more absolutely. sure of who she is. And it wasn't happening in another situation, mm-hmm. um, or in the other situation. So that for me, um, and I think if I didn't have kids involved, it, I, I really think I would have still made the same decision. It would have just come down to, okay, what's the healthiest uh, choice yeah. for me? Um, no, I don't, does that answer your question? Oh, or? absolutely. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I just, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's sometimes is it's, it's good to, to hear and, and know kind of the, sometimes where the the pit was for each of us, we each have our own pit um, that that we, you know, or we each have our own lion's den Mm. (laughs) that we get thrown into. And, um, and then, so hearing that helps us understand where we are now. Um, So let's, let's talk about now. You just, you just (laughs) recently launched your business, you know, uh, and I'm so excited for you. I'm so proud of you. The, the site looks amazing. Um, so tell us a little bit about Flourish & Co. Um, and, and I also would love to know, like, I guess first, so you're a life coach. Uh-huh. What does a life coach do? I would love, because I have, you know, heard, I have, I've heard of life coaches. I'll be honest. I don't really know what a life coach does. So I would love to know, like, do, do I need a life coach? <laughs> oh, I love that you asked that. You're great. Just to give you a quick laugh, uh, Bella, my oldest thought at one point, she goes, mommy, are you a lifeguard? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then my sweet, sweet grandmother, who is so elderly, um, but it's just, she's a pistol. She goes, Oh, you're coaching like a basketball team. I was like, Oh no, 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 meme. Um, like life coaching. And she kind of looked at me, but she, she saw the website and she was so proud. And I don't know if she understands (laughs) what I'm doing, but she's my cheerleader in South Carolina. So that's great. Okay. What does a life coach do? I honestly, Molly, I was like, what's the difference between a counselor and a coach and everything when I was kind of getting into it. So I would say that the quick version of that is a counselor is going to walk you through past hurts and struggles and and battles and and just things that um, might be keeping you from moving forward because they're kind of triggers from past events, right? Or hurts Mm -hmm. and unforgiveness, that kind of thing. 
a life coach is all about partnering with you to propel you forward and really having a vision for where you want to be, you know, years from now. I mean, you could say when you're 80, right? And how do you design a life that is getting you to that place? And um, as one of my clients and I've kind of referred to a few different times, like not sleepwalking through life. I think so often there's this tendency to just kind of get in this rhythm and, okay, well, I guess it's kind of working and we're just going about, you know, doing our thing and um, not really taking a step back and saying, but wait, like our days are precious, they're numbered, and how can I live with intention and with purpose each and every day? So that's kind of a very broad umbrella um, of it. There's different um, niches or niches, however you want to say that word, underneath life coaching. So I am um, partnering with some different women who are going through like divorce recovery Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they've dealt with issues from their past with the divorce, but now it's okay. I mean, life looks different, right? So yeah. how do you move forward and do that in a healthy way? Moms, I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with Andy Stanley. Oh, who, I love um, Andy Stanley. Yes, yes, yes. So we go to um, Buckhead Church, one of the oh, churches. Oh, awesome. Adore him. And he basically says, I don't do life without a coach. He's yeah. like, there's, I can go further and faster and be the best version of myself with a coach. So why wouldn't I like, it's the best investment. Um, so he's a huge proponent of coaching. Um, I've never heard someone say that they haven't benefited from a, from a life coach. Now, let me say this, a a professional one who knows (laughs) what they're doing. I'm sure there's some random, like, you know, it's not a regulated industry like um, counseling. So you could, you know, Molly Stillman could go put a sign up and say, all right, I'm a life coach, come over. But there, there is training and also, um, you know, I always encourage people to do their research. But yeah. um, yes, if you're working with a healthy, trained coach who is, um, you know, centered on, on what they're doing that or in what they're doing, then they're really just coming alongside you and cheering you on, helping you set goals. And I, I do a lot with determining, like helping with what's their vision for their life, their, yeah. their purpose, and, and then filtering that through. Yeah. So what was the, what made you decide to launch Flourishing Co? So once I, once I was done or once the marriage was over, I ended up just, I mean, I was in survival mode. So I had to, um, I went and got a job, just kind of corporate America, administrative support kind of role. And I knew that that was not a long-term thing. I've always had a bent, like I said earlier, I've always been creative. I've always had a bent towards entrepreneurship. I tasted that for a long time with owning the design build company. And so, um, Matt was incredibly supportive of me saying, all right, like I'll keep, you know, keep working at my other job, but can I kind of start exploring some different things? And um, so once I knew it was life coaching, got trained in that and it was kind of like, I honestly, Matt and I had the conversation. I said, well, if anything, you know, I can always just have a ministry or get more involved at church and, and hopefully bless people by being trained. But once I kind of got a taste of it, if you will, and then started connecting with people and just realizing what a need there is. And when people really understand what coaching is, how excited they get about it, it was like, uh, okay, like I want to go full speed ahead and just 
um, be able to implement this. And I will say too, the other catch for me is I, we only have the girls 50% of the time. They're with their dad, the other 50%. And yeah. Matt has a very demanding job. So I've had a lot of space to dream and um, kind of cultivate this this um, mission or um, Flourish & Co, whatever, however you want to refer to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, the blog and the website, it's really all about encouraging women, uh, whether they have children or not, um, so families, whether they're married or not, to um, just live with intention. And um, I'm going to have some different interviews on the blog with living intentionally after loss, uh, whether it's loss of a dream, loss of a child, loss, loss of a marriage, whatever it is. I mean, um, your mom, like in your case, Molly, yeah. would love to have you on it at some point. But just... Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, no, I'm excited about it. I'm so excited for you. And I know that this is something that you've really been dreaming and um, really been, you know, there's, it's been stirring in you a while. And you mentioned that your husband, Matt, has really, you know, been one to push you and, and help you to pursue that dream. Yes, he is my dream champion for sure. And I think him believing in me was the one of the big things and kind of pushes I needed. Um, I know there's plenty of women that that's maybe not the case, but I, I think I had been beaten down enough earlier on that that was incredibly helpful for me to come back around. And, and then just grace upon grace upon grace of the Lord just teaching me that regardless of you know, a man believing in me or not, I have worth and I have gifts. Um, so that's, yes, where I get fired up about yeah. encouraging women to know that they too. And, um, I mean, even just this week, like seeing messages pour in of women who are wanting to be coached. And I just told Matt, like reading their stories, I'm like, babe, this is such a gift. Like I just, if I could do it without charging or like, I, I don't know, I just, and passionate about empowering them to um, embrace their lives. Yeah, that's, and so often I think about that, like, you know, people ask like, you know, what would you, you know, if you find something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. But that is so true. And, and that, you know, I love on this podcast, I get to talk to so many different types of business owners who are doing what they love and would do it for free if they could, you know, if, was, if that were realistic. Um, and I like to share with people, you know, I like having people like you on the show. And, um, you know, a couple weeks ago I had um, Caitlin James on the show. And, and I especially like to show business owners and entrepreneurs and creatives and, and, and people in general that, like, you don't have to sell a physical product to make an impact on the world. Um, because not only are you impacting the lives of your clients, but you're creating a ripple effect in so many ways by, mm -hmm. by doing something that you are passionate about, living purposefully, um, running your business with purpose, and impacting people in such a positive way, you really do shine a light in a way that other entrepreneurs and other business owners can really learn from. Um, mm -hmm. I also love that you have a, a cause that you support through Flourish & Co. Um, with Care for AIDS. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. That's been um, 
one of my mantras going into this, I'll back up for a really quick moment, is just to say that um, the Lord has really impressed upon my heart working from a place of rest. And um, after, like I said, knowing um, from earlier years of really working from a place of just more, 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 and and all, it's been um, just constantly opening up my hands and saying, okay, Lord, like this is what I can do with a balanced, well, there's not balance, but you know, <laughs> you know what I mean with, I, I, I'm more aware of my limitations and just saying, okay, like I can't work anymore today, or I need to be present with the girls because it's my night with them. Um, and just saying, okay, Lord, just take this and use it. And so in that, it has just been amazing what doors he's opened. And so one of them um, was meeting this sweet, sweet friend of mine, Natalie, through Instagram, actually, but she lives in Atlanta. And as we've connected more and more, she um, has told me about Care for AIDS. And we're essentially now um, under her leadership and another gal named Kylie uh, launching, I'm getting to be on part of the launch team for this, but it's called Families for Families. So Care for AIDS is a a big umbrella. It's obviously, I mean, caring for AIDS (laughs) in in Africa. Um, And the, the whole idea of, or their kind of focus is, yes, we love adoption and that's great, but orphan prevention, right? Yes, yes, that's so um, important. Yeah, I mean, 1.6 million Kenyans living with HIV AIDS. So how can we, yes, we, there's a lot of us who do love to, love adoption, want to support families who are, or like in my case, I would love to adopt at some point, but I can't adopt the whole country. So how can we prevent that and come alongside these, um, these families? And so in that, Natalie and Kylie have then helped form what's Families for Families. And that is where families are now figuring out ways to get involved with supporting care for AIDS, if that makes sense. And so it's the neatest thing, and we're really, really excited about it. I'm going to have more information on my blog for ways that families can get involved. But we're talking like lemonade stands, uh, making cinnamon rolls, just things that kids can do tangibly with their, you know, parents' minimal involvement where they get excited. Like my girls have said, oh, can we braid bracelets like and sell those to like some friends in, at school? And it's like, yes, you can do any of that. And it's not about the money. I mean, if it's $10, like yeah. who cares? But, and it's not that the families all of a sudden need to compensate, but it's really, trying to instill in our children this excitement about giving and yes yeah out of their preach, preach. <laughs> <laughs> out of their um you know love for god just that that's compelling them to love and serve so there's going to be newsletters that come out quarterly where we can really be intentional with our children and helping them see that really we're all so much more alike than we are different um and getting like seeing pictures and just opening their eyes up to the world uh, that's not just in the United States or what they see on the TV um, and and hoping to cultivate a heart of just gratitude and and service within them. So uh, I love, I love that. I love that. And I love hearing um, because everybody has something that they fires them up in some way, shape or form. Everybody's got something that just, they just are really feel a drive or a calling to make an impact with. And um, so I love, you know, just hearing, you know, your heart for adoption and, but the, you know, the heart for preventing 
orphans all together. I mean, that's just, oh, that's, that's awesome. And mm-hmm. I love that you're instilling that in your own kids and then integrating it into your business too. Cause it just, those are the types of things that change, a, you know, a community. Those are the types of things that change a state, a country. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when you start to really impact in your own family and in your own clients, and then it just, again, it's that, like what I said earlier, it's that ripple effect. Yes. Yes. And it's really fun, um, again, just to see like how God uses things because Flourish & Co., as Natalie and I have talked, just out of serving and all, I'm excited to love on the moms who are yeah. in these families here, even in the U.S., but I also have big dreams of going over to um, Kenya and even just loving on the women there. And with the divorce and all, I just really have a heart for these single moms who have you know, just their family doesn't look like what they thought it would, or there's fear and there's um, concern and all. And so providing aid and encouragement and the Lord. Yes. Like knowledge of him for them. I mean, what, what greater joy? Yes. So. Well, you never know. I mean, I, three months ago, <laughs> I did not know I was going to be heading to Kenya in January. So you never know what doors God is going to open for you. <laughs> Very true. Very true. We shall see. Well, hey, Matt. No, I'm just kidding. Matt listens to this. He's going to be like, excuse me? What? No. no, he would be so supportive. It's great. I love it. I love it. I know. I looked at my husband the other day and I was like, I was like, do you think I'm nuts? And he was like, of course. That's why I married you. So I was like, oh, oh, I was like, you're oh, so yes. romantic. Yeah, no, it is though, Molly. I mean, isn't I just so thankful for our men who, yeah. yes. Yes. Cheer yes, us Yes. On. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So as we start to wrap up here, I like to just kind of get to know you in a little bit of a fun way. So what, what's something you like to do when you are just, you know, unwinding or just to relax or, you know, maybe spend time with your girls? Like what's something that's just fun that you just love to do? Do you have any hobbies or anything like that? Um, I do. It's fun. (laughs) I had gotten, when I was kind of exploring everything, I had gotten into doing some like calligraphy and kind of modern calligraphy and all. And I had the nibs. I, I don't know if you've done it at all, but like the, you know, the ink and all that. Oh, yeah. And, and um, But then I've been so busy with training and launching Flourish & Co. I've kind of gotten away from it. And I just recently was like, oh, yes, I can't wait to get into it again. And Ava goes, mommy, where's the ink and that pointy thing, you know, that thing that sticks in it. Can we do that together? You're, it's so beautiful. So I told her that we would definitely get all of that out again soon. And both of the girls are definitely creative and artsy. So um, we do enjoy doing creative things, but plan to do more of it now that I have a little bit more. Well, I say that and I know life will stay, you know, full, but anyways, being intentional with that. Um, we love to have little nail parties together, whether I do their nails or we go out and get them done oh, and dance so parties fun. are a big thing. Oh, we do us. dance parties. We do dance yes. parties. Yes. <laughs> have you heard of Go Noodle? No. Okay. Well, you, especially for Lily, I, I feel like Bella's my eight year old. She's almost on the cusp of being like, eh, too cool for this. But Ava still likes it. But it's this, I think they're on YouTube and all too, but um, there's some fun, like just, they, they use good songs, but um, I mean, like current songs and all that are fun for adults, but then funny dance moves and stuff. So it's good for a rainy day, like get the wiggles out and all that. Um, AKA we got them a trampoline. stuck in the house for four days with a snowstorm, ice exactly. storm. <laughs> Ex- 
Exactly. Yes. Um, okay. I'm yes, definitely checking that out. Yes. Do it. Um, it, it's fun. Yep. And then, yeah, we just got him a trampoline for Christmas. So we've been spending a lot of time on that. And I'm realizing how out of shape I am and how much of a workout. They are a trampoline. They are such a workout. I don't know what it was because I had a friend as a kid who had a trampoline and we would always go over to her house and jump on it. And I could jump on that thing forever. If I go on a trampoline now, after like 30 (laughs) seconds, I'm like, I'm done. Like, I do not have like I've (laughs) I'm like, am I suddenly like, do I have emphysema? Like, I don't know. I'm not a smoker. I've never smoked a day in my life. But like, why? Why can I not breathe? Like, what is wrong with me? Yes. Oh, it's like middle of winter and I'm out there in a tank top, like ta- <laughs> just stripping the layers off. I'm like, oh, girls, like mommy just needs to catch her breath. Okay. Like, oh I'm done. So it's, it's funny, but it's fun. And yes. I, I just am- okay, I want to be a kid with them and not have be the mommy who's like, all right, good job. I mean, yes, there's times, but just trying to yeah. embrace and partake of, of the laughter and the joy of jumping is has been fun. Hilarious. Hilarious. I love it. Uh, yeah. That is amazing. Um, are there any books or shows that you are reading or watching right now that you are loving or any movies you've seen recently that you just like John and I, the other night we rented, uh, on iTunes, we rented Sully. Oh my gosh. We watched that the other night too. I was just going to say, yes. well, we, we watched it Saturday night. Yes. Us too. Oh, Hey, <laughs> sorry. That was, I just like screamed. Everybody's probably like, Whoa, Molly. Um, yeah, it was really good. It was good. It was good. And just to think like what, yeah, the shifts that happened for their family because of that. And I don't know, like my analysis gets into, (laughs) okay, so the impact of their, on their family, but I feel like he handled it so beautifully and to watch like everything, sorry for the audience who's listening and hasn't seen it, but to see all the tests run, you know, and then to be like, oh, add the 30 or 35 seconds and whatnot and how that shifted everything. And yes, that was really good. Yeah. Um, shows so Matt and I both watched this is so like everybody's watched this I know but Matt and I because of not being married that long and just having previous relationships where nobody liked Downton Abbey we're watching Downton Abbey together now and that's really fun um and we just have loved it and then um this is us we're oh yes yeah Yeah, of course um have you watched Rectify or heard of that one? No. What's that? Okay, that one is a good one. And I feel like people don't know about it and they need to. It's, um, gosh, it's on the Sundance channel, I think. I feel like the first season is on um, Netflix. But the second one, we DVR'd. And I think um, I think it just finished, like, the end of it. But it's about this guy who was in jail for a long time. And then he's released. And the his family and like how they deal with all that. And I'm just going to leave it at that, but it's really good. And it's not, um, it's not like a Debbie Downer or anything. It's just, it's really interesting to see how this family, like the changes and whether or not he's guilty and it all play out. Yeah. I, I'm not going to say anything more Ooh. for anybody who might be interested in okay, it, but it's I'm good. definitely going to check that one out. Good. I love uh, good recommendations like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Books. I, um, 
goodness. The Comparison Trap, I gave a copy of that away actually recently. That's written by Sandra Stanley, Andy's wife. Oh, yeah. It's an amazing 30-day devotional that had a huge shift, helped with a huge shift for me of just kind of the overall theme of it is leveraging our gifts and celebrating others and their gifts. That's how you avoid the comparison trap. And so she just dives into that. And I really enjoyed that one. Obviously, Grace Not Perfection. Um, I really enjoyed that. There's two that I just saw that have come out now. Um, I want, okay, hold on. Give me a second. Aaron Lochner. Oh, Chasing Slow? Yes. Yes, I, I just not- started reading it and it's okay. so good. Is it good? Oh, I just started listening to the God-Centered Mom podcast yesterday and she was interviewing her and I haven't finished it yet because I was at the girls' school, but she just sounds amazing. Um, and so that book is one. And then Rebecca Lyons um, in Nashville. I'm trying to remember. She's got one coming out soon. Sorry, peeps. But um, I, know, I love it. No, because I, anyway. yeah, because I'm now that it's January and I'm thinking like, I, I used to be such a big reader and then I just, I've fallen out of it. I only read a few books last year and, and people are like, oh, you know, some people are like, oh, reading one book in a year is a feed where some people can read like a book a week. Um, my goal this year is a book a month. Cause I'm like, I, I really want to get back yes. to taking that time to read. Cause I love to read, but I just uh-huh. so easily fall out of the habit of just carving out time to just be quiet and read. Um, but since I'm going to Kenya this weekend, <laughs> Uh-huh. Or slash You're definitely gonna have when, some time. Yeah, when people are like, or when you're listening to this, I will already be there. But there's it's very long flights. So I'm like, I feel like I could get some reading done. Um, well, I love it. Katie. Oh, how, okay. Hey, I oh, looked up yes. really quick. I'm sorry, because yes. I feel like people need to know. So Rebecca Lyons, you are free. Be who you already are. Ooh. And there's a forward by Ann Voskamp. So Lions is L-Y-O-N-S. I think it comes out um, in the next couple of weeks. So anyways. All right. Well, I am, I just wrote it down. <laughs> I just wrote it down. It's, it's happening. It's happening. Oh. Katie, how yes. can people connect with you online? What's the best way to find you or re- get in touch with you or find out if, they, if they're interested in life coaching, anything like that? Sure. Uh, well, Facebook is like the DMV to me. I don't really like Facebook. <laughs> I do it a little bit, but um, I really, Instagram is my love language in terms of social media. So okay. I am just flourish and co underscore. Uh, that's, that's my name over there. And then just um, flourishandco.com is my website. And if you do flourishandco.com backslash free gift. There's uh, typically some downloads right now. There's one on discovering your values so you can set grace-filled goals. Awesome. Yeah. Katie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today and for sharing your story and just for being so open. And I know that it's going to resonate with so many people and you're just really going to bless a lot of people by um, just your transparency and your honesty um, with sharing, you know, some of your story and, and, and also kind of where it brought you to um, today. Oh, thank you, Molly. Thanks for having this podcast. It's been such an encouragement to me. Oh, thank you for saying that. Um, You are just such a joy. And I hope we get to meet in person soon. That would be awesome. Absolutely. So we can go from being internet friends to in real life friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, let's do it. I love it. it. I love it. Well, thank you, Katie, for being on the show. And uh, thank you guys, everybody, for listening. I just know that so many of you are going to be blessed by Katie's 
story. Um, and thank you for sharing this show with your friends. Um, if you like it, um, please you know, take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. I would just hug your neck if you could do that. Um, and also um, be sure you're subscribed and uh, just share it with people because that's how we get the word out here. So thank you guys for listening and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.